Mood.tv Welcome back, everybody. This week, we have some more special guests for you. We've got Mike McFadden and Mike Winand, and they're from the podcast For or Against. We were on their show a few weeks ago. It was season three, episode nine, and it was an absolute delight. So go back and listen to that episode. Featuring four friends who aren't afraid to make sweeping judgments about the most pressing issues of the day, issues, issues such as beer made for dogs, if the Three Stooges were ever funny, diamonds made out of people, and if adults should be allowed to drink milk. It may sound like a lot of arguing, because it is, but deep down, it's a show about friendship. So welcome, Mike and Mike! Hey, hey! Hey, thanks for having us. We are so glad to be here. Oh, we are so happy to have you, and as always, we are joined by producer EJ5000. I'm going to say howdy, since we got two Texans in the house. <laughs> That's a lot of Texas! Absolutely. And we got the Gregor man down to the other part of the Texas contingent. As I like to say, not for nothing, but uh, I'm still new here to Texas. Hey, you'll see that y'all is actually a very useful word. You'll adopt it quickly. I use y'all all the time. I've already been slipping it. I, I'm very disappointed in myself. I thought I'd be here way longer before. Lean in. Lean in. It. <laughs> just going to lean on it. But it just makes so much more sense. We don't We don't have a, a plural you. It's, it's like almost every other language has this. I don't know why we don't have this. It's use guys. Use guys. Use guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, use guys. I guess there, yeah, there's a lot of ways to skin that cat. That's true. But I find y'all to be very useful myself as a New Yorker. So kudos to the y'alls. May I ask for brevity's sake? We have two mics. Do we go by last names? Do I say the better mic? Do we have a mm. number one and letter A? How do we do this? We will, will usually try to keep it as confusing as possible. <laughs> and uh, that happens on uh, on our own show that we'll talk about is uh, our other co-host will throw it to, to Mike and then we'll have to repeatedly say which one. Our parents were not <laughs> creative in 1984. Yeah. <laughs> last names are, are useful. You can call me Wident. And you, I think you can call McFadden McFadden. Yeah, that's usually what, what we do. I'll probably just keep it confusing. I like the idea of keeping it confusing. You know, you're from the same show, so there's, certain, there's a certain level that you're on. Yeah. Any mic will do. It's also more fun to let you guys figure it out. Like, I'll just, I'm just going to say mic, and you guys can go. Right. We've also known each other for, like, three decades, so we can probably answer for each other, even if it doesn't make any sense. Like, we'll, we'll probably just go with it. I love that. I love that. That's perfect. So without further ado, let's let's hop into the question. The question goes something like this. I can't help but notice in this day and age, we tend to at least culturally be, for lack of a better word, obsessed with the 1980s. I feel like we have so many cultural artifacts that are just remnants or rehashes from the 80s. And my question is, is this something new to us? Or do you think people in the 70s were really digging on the 30s? And why or why not? Wow, this is this is a great question. Um, I, I, I can't speak to the 70s and, and the 30s, um, as I, I was neither alive in the 70s or the 30s. Yes. Um, Though I am uh, thinking about when I was in college, there was a a moment that that struck me where there was a 90s party. Mm. And actually, this happened like shortly after I graduated uh, college. And it was a a 90s themed party. And I was like, what do you mean a 90s themed party? Like that, that was just not so long ago. 
how are you having a 90s themed party now? We have 80s themed parties. That was the retro year, not the 90s. I was uh, alive and, and have memories and, and making memories and uh, in the 90s. So how could we be having a party in, in that theme? So Yes, um, absolutely. You know, going forward, I guess it's still happening. Were we the first ones as like the, the aughts to, to do this in the 80s? Seems unlikely. <laughs> I think there's probably folks in the 80s that were dressing up in disco and having 70s parties, I would imagine. I bet that's true. I don't know, man. Like, so from what I'm told, the 70s, this is the other mic. Uh, <laughs> the 70s were not good. Uh, they, I think they were a lot like uh, the time we're in now. Uh, lines for gas, jobs were hard to come by. The rust belt was getting rusty. Yeah. But the 80s had a certain je ne sais quoi about them that people really enjoyed and kind of partied. They had champagne tastes and cocaine dreams. Like they uh, were really into it. Mm -hmm. And so it's a fun thing to like get into that excess. Um, and so I think that part of it is that in that the 80s have such like such cultural touchstones. And the other one is just plain old nostalgia uh, that we don't have. We don't have that kind of access sometimes anymore. Now we we think about consequences of our actions <laughs> like the Reagan years didn't. Um, and so we want a little bit of that. So that's where I stand. I think uh, I think there's something attractive about the 80s and maybe we can explore that. But also it's just going back to a time where we we think things were better when they probably weren't. Uh, I absolutely agree with that. I think there is definitely a lot of romanticizing stuff that never actually was how it's been filtered through shows like Stranger Things or I didn't watch the new Wonder Woman, but I'm assuming it's still this weird glorification. Don't. Yeah, that's all I ever hear is, is do not. But I, I'm sure there is something to the image of the 80s that has like filtered out all of the kind of horrible things that happened in the 80s. <laughs> and we're left with this kind of remnant. But uh, all right, EJ, Gregorman, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think, uh, of course, that that's this has happened over and over and over and over again. And not to be a, a buzzkill, but the whole reason is money. We all are of about the same age, and we are supposedly of the age that's supposed to have money to spend. And so we are the target group for everything right now. And so if we look back to the 80s and 90s, right, culturally what was going on then, it was a lot of throwbacks to the 50s and 60s. We had like Roger Rabbit was kind of a mm. noir, kind of throwing back to the 50s. Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. So we had a lot of... At that time, our parents were about our age at that time, I'm going to guess, being, again, that we're all about the same age. And they supposedly had money to spend at that time. And so everything was made for them. We had Ninja Turtles a couple of years ago. as another example of the 80s coming up now. That was made for us to introduce our kids to because people still love that. <laughs> it's because we loved it and we can make money off of it. Ghostbusters, the reboot. Uh, all, all these, all this '80s stuff is because we are the spending group that they're targeting. So, in five, ten years from now, it's gonna be all '90s stuff, and then on to the 2000s. And when we're old, we're not gonna feel like we connect with anything until hopefully it comes back around again, 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 and we'll be like in our '90s and be like, "Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, dude, cowabunga!" So this is supposed to be the best time of my life. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is dicey, isn't it? <laughs> But like, um, what was the that whole period of 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 time, the the Renaissance, right? There was there was times historically where they would go back to the past, way way back when, and now it's it's a little bit more cut and dry because we have media that we can actually watch and look at and say that's the aesthetic of the '80s or that's the aesthetic of the '90s. Back then, 
then it was more of an idea thing, you know, where it's like, well, we want to go back to making real paintings or we want to make songs that evoke nature. But as as current American culture was kind of invented in the 50s, even though we know that's our idea of the 50s, the nostalgic idea of the 50s isn't completely real either. It's more propaganda than anything, even though it is wonderful propaganda. It's happened over and over and over and over again, I believe. Yeah, I, th I, th I think you're right. I think I guess what I'm wondering is just as we always do on this show, kind of compare quantitative comparisons. Like what I what I wonder is how inundated we are with 80s stuff. I feel like you can't you can't walk two feet without seeing some kind of like 80s throwback in the media or music sounds like the 80s movies drawing from the 80s, a new Star Wars reboot, uh, you know, I guess late 70s, early 80s. But I'm wondering, is it is this uh, on speed compared to the 70s? Like, I know, yes, in the 70s, yes, you had a movie like American Graffiti, Steven Spielberg, or no, that's George Lucas. George Lucas kind of ushering in a lot of this stuff to begin with. Point being that I wonder if it's the same amount or if in the 70s, looking back at the 50s, that was kind of the beginning of something that has snowballed more to our generation of kind of a snake eating its own tail or not. I'm, I don't know. That's kind of the thing. I mean, like, I don't, I don't disagree with what anybody said here, and I probably lean more towards all of the the perspectives that have been put forward. But I still, the first thing that came to my mind was still a bit more cynical, which is just a lack of creativity. Sure, I feel like that's that's always what I what, what comes to me. And despite the fact that even when music, new music comes out now, and it has the '80s nostalgia vibe to it, I I definitely still get into it, you know, because of that. But I also, in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, but this is also just a kind of a lack of creativity. You're tapping into something that you know is going to hit with, like EJ said, the audience that is has the ability to purchase, even though, you know, everything is free now and you can find it wherever. But it's like, I, I still, I think I have that more cynical view of, it's it's almost like, and, and it seems like because, like like you said, we we there's times you don't hit, you don't necessarily hit the 90s. And maybe it's because we are not there yet, or maybe it's just because there is a time after you cycle back that then all of a sudden there is a boom of creativity and there's something new that may not hit as hard as the 80s, but it was the 90s. So it 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 has its pace. Everybody knows it, but they don't necessarily come back to it. And we might be coming to a point, hopefully, in the future where we're going to get some new stuff and it's going to be completely different. And maybe it might not hit as hard as as that, but it'll still it'll still be remembered. Like you still remember the nineties, even though we did live through it. Like you said, we have the memories through it, Mike. Like we, you know, we lived it, we know it. And I mean, I, I have some great memories from the nineties, but it, I think I feel like there's just that weird cycle. And right now we are in that throwback cycle and then we will hit hopefully another creative cycle. I think there's something interesting to explore in terms of the duration of cycles, because if you, uh, you know, were sort of coming of age in the early 2000s and like the throwback was, you know, the 1980s, I imagine if you were born and coming of age in the 1900s, the throwback probably wasn't the 1880s. And so <laughs> life was probably pretty darn similar, you know, between that 20 year yeah. period. Probably had a job at 10. <laughs> yeah. You, you woke up uh, and went to the coal mine <laughs> like you did 20 years prior. Um, so it, it might be interesting to see like how this sense of nostalgia, um, you know, does it continue to, to condense? Are we 
to be looking back uh, at what it used to be like way back in you know 2016, five years ago, and like having throwbacks to then. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. That might be too short of a time period, but there's something worth exploring there. I think. Well, yes, this is exactly what I was going to ask you. Ask you, Mike, because you mentioned that you went to and when when was that 90s party? When when was the event? So if I'm remembering this correctly, I, I think I had actually graduated and I was back for like an alumni weekend when I when you know the first couple of years after college when you go and do that. So it's probably like 2008 or, or nine, maybe when I, I was hearing murmurings of a, a 90s party. So, you know, we're now uh, what, 20, that's the 20 year, you know, period. Yeah. More or less. Oh, that's really interesting. Because what I want to then ask you is because this came up on another podcast episode where we said, do you think we would will know how to dress for a 2010s party uh, like in the next in the next couple of years? And we were trying to to figure that out. But I guess what you're saying possibly is that now that the cycle is moving a lot faster, we'll be able to kind of pinpoint things, pinpoint those things more accurately and quickly than these giant gaps that used to elapse in history before you'd be able to like kind of crystallize something. I think I might be taking a, a different perspective that um, it would be harder, ah. I think, because the cycle is so short that there isn't enough time for the bell bottoms to evolve to you know, the, the, the girth that they were in that 10-year <laughs> period. So when you only have five years, the bell bottoms can only get so big. And so, yeah, it looks more like a boot cut gene than a true bell bottom. Um, and so <laughs> it might be more difficult to identify the trends. Oh, man, are those boot cuts? They're jing. Jinkos. <laughs> oh, the Jinkos. Yeah, like I don't think we're going to see Jinkos again. There isn't enough time in the evolutionary cultural you know, evolution. I don't know. Skinny jeans got pretty skinny. They did. <laughs> but they, there's a finite point at which they can go. Once you're at skin tight, you can't go any further. <laughs> That's true. I think it's going to be like a, a parabolic slowdown too, because I think like it can't get super short where we're like, let's be nostalgia for last May without, without you know, completely rehashing things from the past. But like, I think also uh, the arrested development, if you will, of people our age, like I'm 36, but I have toys, but my dad didn't have toys. Yeah. I have a toy <laughs> collection. And so it's like kind of built into our culture where now growing older, we do look back at a shorter distance as where like, again, whenever he was his age, they were looking back a bit further or farther, depending on how you like to say it. <laughs> but also our age and awareness like you were saying well in the 90s i don't know that we were doing that but you wouldn't know that we were doing that because you were seven so <laughs> if you do really look at the 90s we were talking about bell bottoms spice girls wore bell bottoms britney spears wore bell bottoms the 70s was culturally relevant there they had that 70s show for instance so that stuff was happening. We were just too young to even know the reference was happening. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could look at something like Happy Days and, and be like, you know, that was part of that was definitely in the in the ether that you'd have you'd have these callbacks to like gre greaser times, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. What was that uh, doo-wop group that played at um, played at Woodstock with Bowser? Yeah, with Bowser. Shot enough. Shot enough. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been happening. <laughs> I think you're right. EJ, your uh, your theory uh, that um, you know your post capitalist theory that my nostalgia is just being cultivated by corporations so that I can be a better consumer for them is terrifying. Uh, but I think <laughs> you're onto something. Um, but do we think that the the '80s may have had something that makes it easy for them to tell that story? And I'm curious. Uh, I was reading something today about how in the Roaring Twenties happened because World War One happened, and then the the global flu pandemic happened and people were ready to fucking rage <laughs> yeah is that the same thing happen now here's hoping 
And will there be 2020 parties because we're going to be so cool that people will want to emulate us? Um, and maybe that was something similar to the 80s. I believe those will be called COVID parties. Yeah. <laughs> I think about my parents in the 90s specifically. And I thought about this recently, I think so it's really funny that you asked this question. I, I I think we could all agree that lasers are cool, right? Lasers are badass. Sure. Agree. Yeah. Lasers are awesome. Neon colors are badass, right? Well, our parents in in the nineties had access to neon colors and lasers, but my mom was like buying oak furniture and and roasting potpourri. Like <laughs> that wasn't current, but that was what thirty and twenty year olds did then because that harkened back to something of a, of a, a simpler time to them. Now it's really interesting because the 80s is very future. It's a future aesthetic, but it will come around again where the next aesthetic might be like, everybody's in wood cabins. Isn't this cool? You know? Well, cabin core is a thing already. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Tiny homes. So it's, just, it's interesting because now, like, of course, the 80s again looks looks like the future. And so it makes sense that now we're in the future. So we're looking to the future, but it's going to go back around again. It's going to definitely harken back to a, a, a previous time with the 80s influence now, because I'm sure there's always something gained from a decade within the style of the past and the future. I think that you are touching on something that's, that's kind of interesting in terms of our parents' generation. Um, I, I never recalled my mom or dad using the term adulting. Uh, they, yes. they, they, they were just adults. And, and we, it seems to be uh, at times like playing the role of adults. Yeah, even we perform we, adulting. We yeah, perform adults. Performative, uh, you know, public theater, uh, show art. I don't know what it is exactly. Um, but I am afraid that because we have this level of self-awareness that true trends may not be able to take hold in, in the way that they did in, in the 70s and 80s, where you can say like, you know, the 70s was disco and bell bottoms and the 80s was, um, you know, neon and uh, you know, Ronald Reagan. Like you choose a couple of iconic things. The, the media landscape is so fractured. There isn't an MTV to play the top music video. Yes. There's all of these different channels. So it's hard to really define an era. There aren't any of those touchstones. Yeah. And what is the mainstream anymore? Except for face masks and COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's super mainstream. I think I, I think there's definitely there's definitely something there in so in so much as when we have 80s parties, when we have 90s parties, there's a certain amount of irony because we look at these people and go, oh, all these people like believed in the same thing at the same time, whether it was a style or a kind of music. And it's something that we've lost a, a little bit, exactly what you're saying in so much as all the splintering. You can go off on any line of flight that you want now. And we all kind of maintain a distance from being so into one idea that puts us all in line with everybody else. So there's a certain kind yeah, of they stormed the, the capital. Those people had a pretty defined idea. Some people. <laughs> some people. And of, yes. <laughs> well, I'm joking, but I make the I'm making that point on purpose. We talked about this on the show previously, actually. And there's always been niches. It's just now those niches are connected. Mm -hmm. So it seems like they're all bigger, but there's still a mainstream and we might not be connected to it personally here, but there will always be. And it's always easier to see from outside, you know, from the forest, from the trees. I think it's like you're making that point, Anthony, like how, how far do we have to get away from it before it be becomes obvious? But we had discussed on that previous episode, too, with the 80s party. We might all show up in different garb for an 80s party. You know, some of us might wear the the baseball three-quarter tee. Some of us might wear yeah. laser beams. You know, there, there were different aesthetics. But when we wrap up the, the decade in, in general, we all have kind of an idea in our head. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. Well, because you can also sit there and be like, which one am I going to be? You get to pick. 
Like, am I going this route? Am I going that route? And, you, and it's it's vast and they're all different, but like you still get to have that choice. But we all know all those choices. Yeah, you're going to be grunge or you're going to be lipstick Barbie. Like there's there's a lot of stuff from the 90s that if we sat here and broke it down, I'm sure I, I don't really know the 2000s aesthetic all that well, but I'm sure if we took the time now that we're 10 years out from nearly 20 years out from the beginning of that, it, it, I'm sure it's starting to to be clear. And I think that the people who are 10 years younger than us will absolutely know what it is. But we were too busy with it. We were in college or whatever. We had our heads up our own asses at that time. That's whenever we like do look at ourselves and look back. So we invented ourselves, which is all just an amalgamation of all the bullshit that we look and, and see anyway. But Well, yeah, it's going to be pretty subtle, though, because it's going to be like, um, you know, which embroidered, um, you know, animal did you have on your chest? Do you have the <laughs> moose or the horse with the guy on top of it? Um, and, and like subtle differences of like, did you use gel and frost your tips or did you just use like that's pretty subtle. That, that's going to be hard to build. Did a- you or did you not use Axe Body Spray? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were you a Backstreet Boy or an In Sync? Like, pick your side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This will be the first decade where it's just strictly olfactory. It's it's just <laughs> sense. Would you stink like? <laughs> that could be. I absolutely do not want to go to that party. I think other Mike Mike McFadden had a point though when he's talking about what things are going to be like in the future when people look back at us. That the media landscape is disparate and it's causing you know. uh you know, different factions, just like EJ, you said, but I don't think these factions are talking to each other anymore. Like they were back in the eighties and nineties, people are in these bubbles. So somebody who stormed the Capitol has a very different view of what the 2010s were than I do. Um, So you may not have like, you know, like a cultural zeitgeist that we can all agree on was a was a, a tone of that year. Yeah. Although it's not too hard to imagine 20 years from now, some college kids having an ironic like MAGA hat party. Yeah, they will. <laughs> Absolutely oh, will. No, no doubt about that. All right. Let's take a little break and then we're going to come back and chat a little bit, a little bit more about all, all this good stuff and what the hell's going on with the 80s. Maybe, maybe after COVID's done, it'll be a decade of 80s parties. I think that's, what's, <laughs> I think that's actually what's going to end up happening. All right, we will be right back. everybody so let's just take a detour for a second to talk a little bit about for or against the podcast of both our guests here so tell us a little bit about how the show was conceived uh how long you've been at it anything any particular episodes you would love to talk about you know dish <laughs> all right uh, I, I, i'll i'll uh, lead us off here for a second um so interestingly our show um we're only in year one as a podcast but technically we've been doing this sh- we started the show in 2010 as a youtube show um our our co-host pat and rob they um tried to make a media company back before anybody was the term youtuber didn't exist um they were a little early to the game um they didn't 
really post to YouTube and they didn't quite figure it out. Um, but like the, the, the premise of this show where we come up with a couple of topics and we, you know, discuss back and forth, are, are you for or against the, uh, those topics? Um, that, that's the inception of it. Uh, the co-host at the time is a guy named uh, John Thibodeau, uh, John T-Box Thibodeau, who's actually now a writer for Stephen Colbert. Um, so so cool. he made it. Uh, we're still doing the podcast out of our- uh, Which is why he's not on the show anymore. They brought me in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So So- but we revived the show as a podcast, um, largely because of like you know COVID being isolated, wanting to you know c- connect with each other. In, in the past year, we've probably spent more time together um, cumulatively than than we have um, over the, the previous like ten years before we started this Beautiful show. Thing. So it's been a lot of fun to sort of reconnect with with old friends. Um, Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about the show in, in greater detail? Yeah, the show is uh, on its face a a debate show. Each one of us brings a topic of something that we are either for or against, hence the name. Um, Usually something that that, um, is like uh, of the moment, like we often talk about KFC uh, and the uh, (laughs) KFC console. Uh, Anthony and EJ were on our show and we talked about a, a video game uh, machine that you're that's also supposed to be a workout device. But we also talked about things like our cats worthwhile or are, <laughs> is milk and a drink acceptable for adults? Uh, real, you know, important stuff. It's the hard hitting stuff. It's yeah. The, yeah, we we love that kind of stuff. This is right up the Lamaic alley. Cats are not worthwhile, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I've had my mind changed on this show by my friends. So it's mostly us yelling at each other and bringing up old stories. And it's really a, a, a podcast about just four friends, which is what this show's kind of like. That's exactly what it's like. Minus, minus a friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was hoping we could get an exchange going. Well, all right. So everybody go go out and listen to four or against. And, you know, you'll you'll hear about it more at, at the end, too, and where you can find it and everything. Um, but let's let's dive back into the world of the 1980s for a second. And I'm going to, okay, so there's a lot of things rattling around in my dust cage right now. Uh, and, and I want to go back a little bit to what we were talking about, how in the 80s that there still could be like different particular microcosms of the 1980s. I think there's two different things going on for me right now. Let me see if I could do this without getting totally confused in my own tangle of words. But I'm going to start out by saying that my feeling about what's happened is that before the age, particularly of the Internet, I think time happened in in just a way more linear way, which we've kind of we've kind of talked about that a bit here. And it's that, you know, it just seemed like one thing happened after the other. And now within the age of the Internet, it's not become a linear thing. It's become a much more spatial thing. Like if we think about time as being a a vertical line up and down historically, now it's a horizontal line. Like it's flat because in any, at any given second, I could literally spend all my time in 1986 or 87. There's so many art media artifacts that I can just dive into. So I think what we were talking about before about the kind of splintering off in many, all, any different way that you want to possibly go now, and there's not as much cohesion. Now, at the same time, I'll say that as humans, we desperately, we desperately need to have like, you know, meaning in our life. We need to find something. And that's why when you talk about something like storming the Capitol, I think that actually fits in very well with this theory, because it's this microcosm of people that have found this thing that gave them some kind of Meaning, despite the fact that generally that that happened or so it seems, at least to me, 
is because of the splintering of all these different things and they're not being any kind of cohesive reality. So I think that's that's my take on it. And that's why I feel like how we glorify the 1980s is just kind of a loss of the innocence of having a broader idea or a broader theme for us as a culture. Whereas I feel like the 70s, I don't think they felt quite that way to the 30s. And, and it's very interesting, I think, that it was the George Lucases and the Spielbergs that had stuff like American Graffiti because I think they helped usher in the the high 80s, you know, the, the, the 80s of big blockbusters that got everybody behind it. So I, I know I'm like really uh, bloviating right now. But, you know, I think that that's my theory. You, you've hit on a real ph- philosophical thought of, you know, postmodernism, uh, the rejection of truth. There's no objective truth. And maybe these 80s parties are a rejection of said rejection. We're <laughs> trying to get back to a time when there were finite groups and finite things to pick. So that's a very thoughtful thing that I had not thought of. It, it, yeah, I, that is, it, postmodern. That's exactly that's exactly right. And and I feel like and it's interesting that we talk about things like collecting toys or something for for EJ, because I, I feel like there that that might be a new thing, because I think, uh, you know, whether we like it or not, I feel like our, our generation has been more infantilized than other generations strictly because how things have broken apart. We direly want some kind of thing that holds meaning together, that binds us together. And so I feel like we desperately seek the 80s over and over again, our generation, because it like, even though we know it's terrible, even though we know like politically, I mean, you know, not everybody, of course, there are people that genuinely love Ronald Reagan. You know, I am not one of those people, but I think generally it just seemed at least the veneer seemed like something that was cohesive. I think, I don't know. An objective truth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I think even like something like an 80s party is like getting to relive, quote unquote, objective truth for a moment. Yeah, if I could uh, jump in for a second. One of the things that I think has emerged as of late is, uh, you know, the phenomenon of the echo chamber. People can, you know, form these concrete beliefs that they hold to be as truths because they keep reinforcing these messages, you know, by perhaps self-selecting, but then also being reinforced by, you know, social media algorithms that keep pumping them, you know, the, the rage or, uh, you know, whatever to, to reinforce their beliefs. Those never existed before. And so the, the, the echo chamber was much uh, larger, um, but much quieter. Now it's much smaller, but much, much louder. Yes. And so perhaps, you know, that yearning for the 80s is just to sort of turn the volume down and get a little bit more space so that you don't have to, everything doesn't have to be so intense. Not everything has to be a breaking news moment. It's sort of, if everything's a breaking news moment, then nothing is a breaking news moment. Um, so maybe it's perhaps a, a yearning for those simpler times. Do you think that the echo chamber, though, has always been there. It's just that the way that it is delivered to us is different. Like saying technology is the echo chamber, that we now we can find our niche group and we can certainly through the algorithms. But historically, there's been some from from uh, again, looking back, there's been some times in history where groups have risen up that seem to really have been in echo chambers as well. And they haven't had technology. And we've had these grand events. I mean, to talk about fascism, you know, th- those were certain times in certain countries that seemed like there was an echo chamber going on that uh, just because there wasn't as much technology, like the Crusades would be another example where, you know, 
a small group then echo chambered in a, a certain way in a certain area and however they did it back then because we're talking about continental changes that were uh debatably not very good uh so so now like the medium has changed of the echo chamber and i think like we were talking about the immediacy of it like it's quicker now, but I don't know that, that again, things, I don't think things have changed all that much except for the postmodernism, post-truth phase, which, again, I think is also a cycle. I think that has happened throughout time. It's just that now we are at the age to be culturally aware and we have technology so we can just, all of us are in our own echo chamber too, whether it's an echo chamber of truth or an echo chamber of lies. I, yeah, I think the big difference to me, to me anyways, is that the echo chamber now is we we opt in to the echo chamber and that's what actually kind of creates possible, you know, it, I'm, it, there's no value judgment here because it's not good or bad as we create the echo chamber. But I'm when you talk about something like the Crusades or anything that was a sweeping movement, but the structures of power were, were much more like, this is what we do. And then, and then, swaths of people did that you know it wasn't most people yeah most by and large most people you're not going to hear about the people who didn't yes. join in you're not going to hear about joe schmo who decided not to go on the crusade and just be a farmer or whatever but now joe schmo gets on twitter and joe schmo has a lot of he anti on, he has a voice anti crusaders you know there's the anti crusader yeah. movement now and and so yeah, and that's where mike was saying now they're much louder yes. yeah i, I think I think EJ, you're exactly right that the the human nature has always existed for people to you know find echo chambers. Um, I, I believe uh, in the Tenth Federalist, our founding fathers wrote about you know the the risk of factionalism and how um, other factions will rise to to quell them if they get too out of hand. Uh, but now the problem is that everybody is equipped with tanks of gasoline and flamethrowers, and so they can just like <laughs> light a blaze. Yeah. Where you know the only way to to you know tamp that down is with an equally powerful blaze, and if you have all of these fires blazing, well then everything burns down if you're not careful. So uh, I think that there is something fundamentally different about uh, the the tools that exist that allow for the amplification of um, you know our, our nature, which is to find ourselves in these echo chambers. Yeah, 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 definitely. I um, but yeah, it's. I think that's absolutely the the correct point about like how the pressure on these pinpoint heads of echo chambers now, you know, that you can you can opt in to a very, very, very particular niche and create an entire meaning about that, because generally, I think like the, the concept of these overarch, you know, to talk about postmodernism again, to talk about like any kind of overarching narratives, the grand narrative has kind of been like we all poo poo that now. And that's why conspiracy theories are so appealing, because they're like they we, we, we direly want something that holds it all together. I think also we don't we don't necessarily and when I say we I'm referring to not not us five. I think actually us five don't fit into this being that we are producing, you know, podcasts and, and <laughs> as uh, you know, consequence. Well, well, I'm just saying we're, we're, we're media literate. All five of us are likely far more media literate than the average, you know, Joe Schmo that's, you know, posting factually inaccurate, um, you know, rightward or leftward leaning uh, memes on Facebook. Be so I think that there there is um, a media literacy, um, you know, components to this as well that is maybe making it so the people are not intentionally opting in, but finding themselves mm. in these echo chambers mm -hmm. um, with with a, a maybe a dash of self-selection, but then also 
the the consequence of the algorithm that's feeding them these things that, that maybe they have a proclivity towards but now you say it's fascism yeah. postmodern yep. philosophy bring back my space bring back my time <laughs> yeah. be good yeah the only people i, I care about I don't want to hear what everybody else's yeah. Where's Tom else's opinion? Just give me Tom and the other seven people I deem worthy <laughs> yeah. to listen to. I, I think that's also true. Yeah, that like what what you're fed can really have an influence on you. But and also there's always been the the illusion of choice historically, but now it's just even more dire that everybody's carrying a little computer in their pocket and is constantly on there. So like it's 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 our human nature, and it's the way now that we've been nurtured that is just creating this really interesting time where. The '80s is cool, man. Yeah, so to yeah to bring it yeah exactly to bring so to bring it back to the '80s because man, if we gone off in some in some directions here, but 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 the to bring it federalist back. was directly related to the initial. Uh, hey, it's not not yeah. related. '80s. Yeah, we've really gone down. We've really uh, Miami Vice number one show. <laughs> we've gone down some good paths here. Um, so to bring it back though to the '80s, now now I'm kind of wondering generally that we kind of agree that we do have this infatuation with the 80s and we think maybe loosely at least that it was part of a time that was seemed a little bit more at least now looking back it seemed like it was more cohesive whether or not that itself was a lie isn't you know is is of course up for debate but um what i'm wondering though is what's better <laughs> you know it's like because now we do live we do live in a world and i think where we are general at least some of us, I hope, I don't know, it's hard to say, are just more conscious of the fact of the kind of deterioration of those kinds of things, of that cultural cohesion that was more across the boards, or at least the veneer of it was. And is it better to kind of live in like a truthful, a more truthful time in which there is no real reality? Or is there something even to us that's appealing about like, oh, I'll go to an 80s party again, so I can just kind of have that feeling of like, we're all in this together. We're reliving something that like everybody seemed more in the same boat for. Hell, at this point, I'll go to any party that somebody will invite me to once it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I have a quick question that I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it'll send us down somewhere else that we don't have to go for time's sake. But like, does it have anything to do with the fact that we were all born in the mid 80s? We all lived in the 80s, but didn't really experience the 80s for what the 80s were, because obviously, as EJ, I think, mentioned earlier, we were not old enough. So oh, it's yeah. like we look back at like we're like we're we're children of the 80s, but in no way, shape or form were we a part of what was happening. Right. So is that the appeal, as EJ said, of being the consumers now and having the money and being able to spend it and, and all that? Does that is that what makes us want to go back? Because it's like we did we lived it but we didn't live it. So now we're trying to live what we necessarily didn't have the experience or the, the ability to experience, but experienced in terms of we, we were there. Like we, we, we were alive. I think that's part of it for sure. I think, I think that's definitely part of it. No doubt. No doubt about it. I think every, you know, I'm sure every generation, I mean, if you're if you're a generally also this is going to this come down to a lot of different things because you could just be like a very unhappy person or have like the worst <laughs> childhood ever and you would not want to experience the 80s again. Bummer. So, you know, there's that. But I think if you're kind of had a good childhood, were well adjusted in any generation, I'm sure you have fond memories of the time when you were a child and like hearing stories about that time. And so there is always going to be a capitalizing on that. But I think what's unique right now is the ubiquity of it. That's what got me thinking about this in the first place. It just seems so overly 
saturated with things that kind of look backwards. Lack of creativity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a <laughs> what a bummer. Damn, I, <laughs> I can't wait for COVID to be done. Just have lots of parties. I hope we do change it. I hope we blow the roof off history in the 2020s and we just go absolutely apeshit once we can actually go to parties again. That would be nice. The roaring 20s. Yeah, bring it back. That wouldn't end poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we gotta do we gotta do it better this time. We gotta buy your stonks now. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your diamond hands. Yep. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, fellas. It's absolutely our pleasure. But tell the listeners where they can find uh, For or Against. Uh, for or Against is on most social media channels at For or Against Pod. You can find us at foragainstpod.com and then search For or Against wherever you do your podcast listening. We're pretty much everywhere. Is there Instagram, Twitter, things like that? Yeah, um, for or against uh, at for or against pod for in Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we have a TikTok. We don't really use the TikTok, but we have one. So find us there. We don't know and, how. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, me neither. That's the sound my grandfather clock makes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for uh, for us, you can call us or you can text us at nine two nine three five two six one seven three. We love getting those texts. We love hearing those questions. We love responding to them. Uh, we think they are oh so tasty. Or you can send us an email. Let me ask you a question. Podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Insta or Twitter at Lamayak Pod or go over to Moot.tv. Check out all the other shows. we got White Wasabi. we got the Derek D. Dozen. we got Kyle Mocha Won't Shut Up. All kinds of options. You can really get lost. Instead of getting lost in the 80s, get lost on moot.tv and spend a lot of money there. That would be nice. You could buy all the swag and we would be infinitely delighted. Any Anything else, fellas? That's also going to be the best place to find links to this show. So you can find all the great links that you guys mentioned over there at moot.tv. All right, everybody. We have had another lovely week. Thanks again for coming on the show, fellas. And until next week, this is Let Me Ask You a Question. Mood.tv. So this is supposed to be the best time of my life? Uh-oh. <laughs>